The London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine is to conduct and evaluate clinical trials of a potential new vaccine for the Ebola virus. As well as this, school researchers are also coordinating a project to overcome the stigma surrounding Ebola and the suspicion of vaccines in general. Dr Heidi Larson is an anthropologist at the school and she leads a team studying issues around public trust in vaccines and she's just returned from Sierra Leone. We have a number of volunteers from the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine who are working in different capacities uh, and it was a, a mission of three or four of us from the school and the head of the Wellcome Trust seeing what the situation was, providing a bit of kind of moral support to the, the school staff who are there, but also exploring opportunities for one of the vaccine trials, which we're now quite involved with. Before we talk about the trial, what, what was your sense of the situation in Sierra Leone? Well, it was, an, it was a very interesting time to be there because a, a number of people quite independent of each other said had the sense that things had really started changing in the previous two weeks from when we were there. And while while there were still quite a few cases and a few concentrated places, things were stabilizing a bit in terms of cases. And also, the tide had turned a bit in terms of moving from more of a denialism, this can't be true, to Ebola is real. And there were some people wearing T-shirts saying Ebola is real. There were some signs. And I think, I think a lot of the, the public media around the different ways of saying Ebola is real, I think the reality had sunk in. This is here. This is not something that is in the minds of people. And it's not just Central Africa disease. Is it surprising to you that it's taken so long for, that, for the message to hit home that it is real? Yes and no, partly because this is not a virus or illness that anyone had seen in that part of Africa. The nature of the symptoms, at least the earlier symptoms, are not unlike various other uh, viruses and and illnesses with high fevers and, and achiness, a lot of kind of malaria or flu or other other kinds of illnesses. It becomes more specific with the hemorrhagic hemorrhaging and, and the other complications from Ebola. Um, so I think that to people who don't know, um, and and also I think didn't really want to believe it. I mean, I, I think it was really hard for people to believe. Um, and also that that part of Africa, I mean, all of the countries have their own histories, but it's been through some pretty rough years and there's not a lot of trust in the government and trust in general. I think the the political environment and then mixed with the strong uh, religious and cultural traditions, particularly around burials, and the fact that it was a brand new, at least to that area, virus and, and, and consequent disease, were factors that I think made it take a while. Also, it did, you know, WHO was quite late in the game in terms of acknowledging this, and that added another level of this is real. Um, but I think that at a, at a local level, it was really seeing people dying, seeing the number of issues, and seeing that it, it was still there and persisting. Okay, so you, you talked about uh, a new potential vaccine. Can you tell us a little bit about that? 
Well, it's one of the candidate vaccines. There are three, and this one is produced by Janssen, and it will have what they call a, a prime and a boost, like a number of childhood vaccines. They have a first one and then a follow-up boost. Each of the vaccines are, are unique, and it's not just about the vaccine itself, but when you administer it. And, and one of the areas of work, I'll be leading the part of the the collaboration with some partners around supporting the engagement and, and the compliance issue. I think the thing about this particular vaccine will be the importance of making sure that not just that people accept it at first on terms that and understanding in a way that's locally acceptable, but that they come back for the boost, because that will be a very important part of, of this rollout. So is that a big problem, the stigma related to the vaccines? Uh, stigma is an issue, but I think part of it is more the anxiety about a vaccine. And, and I think some of the questions coming up is, you know, is this something that can give us Ebola? I mean, there's always a mix of issues, some of which are consistent with other vaccine anxieties. But in this particular environment, I mean, immunization in general has dropped dramatically. And I think it's you know, anxieties about going into health centers uh, in that environment with Ebola circulating, it's a concern. But we have yet to start the actual local listening, which I've been mostly trying to gather as much information as we can from colleagues and other partners on the ground. So how do you go about doing something like that, getting the trust of the people on the ground in a new vaccine which hasn't been tested out before? Well, I mean, the most important part is to identify who are the local trusted networks because at the end of the day, they're going to be the ones who need to carry the message and support the the follow-up in particular. So I think that's going to be really a matter of understanding who's who on the ground, who are the right colleagues, and, and that will come from uh, we're working with other local organizations and and international organizations and of course the government the ministry of health um, and ebola is also you know at the level of of the head of state because it's really cutting across all all ministries so it's not just one player that needs to engage it'll need to be a number of them so there's it's it's complex but i think we're building good relations and that's the part of it that we've already been doing some advanced work on. And after that start, how does uh, phase one begin? Who do you identify as having this vaccine first? Well, we have a whole group here at the school who is leading on the clinical trials. Uh, The part I I work closely with them and, and the group I'm working with and the partners I'm working with will work closely with them. But the the clinical trial group themselves will be identifying who are the the people um, for the actual trials. Then, of course, you need to get informed consent. You need to go through all the ethical procedures and all the usual trial um, procedures, registering the patient registration, getting getting a lot of the the situations on on the ground ready, and supportive health services and, and the rest. So, so is this the first time you've been to a, an Ebola-affected area? Yes. 
one of the issues that's in the containment now, particularly as the cases start stabilizing, is to start to rebuild the system <laughs> in the background. It's taken a huge toll, not just on the physical infrastructure uh, and on the societal fabric, as it were, but a lot of health workers have died. And these are countries that did not start with a lot of doctors and a lot of health workers, and they've been because of their closeness to the most affected Ebola patients, that's really taken a, a toll on the system. 